You're listening to the Second Breaks Podcast. This is episode number 72, and this episode is for moms in the workplace and how to get back to your career after a maternity leave. Hello, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Second Breaks Podcast, where we talk about all the ways that you can make a career move, all the ways that you can create as a career that you want in this crazy, fast-changing world of ours. My name is Lou Blazer. I'm your host and also a fellow Second Breaker. And as usual, I am ever so grateful that you allow me to be a part of your week, even for just a few minutes a week, to be in your ears through this podcast is a is a privilege, really. So we have officially entered the time of the year when I am the most positive and the most upbeat. Uh, this period between November to November 1st to around December, I want to say 20th, 21st, is when I'm most upbeat. And then something happens around the Christmas holidays and then, you know... <laughs> The energy goes down and then it picks right back up around the 31st, just as we are entering the new year. But this, this time of the year is when I am the most positive or probably better to say more positive, more upbeat, because I think I generally am a positive person. <laughs> Some might even say I tend to be more of a Pollyanna about some things, but this is a time of the year that when I'm really upbeat about certain things. And I think four things are driving this. One, it's because this is the time of the year when I go into my year-end evaluation and uh, planning for the new year process. And I realize that's probably a little earlier than most people. This is a habit that I picked up uh, when, or I learned when I was still in my corporate career days, because of my position, I've always had to do my stuff earlier than everybody else. I had to do my, my goal setting earlier than everybody else, because then I could share my goals with the teams that I lead so that, you know, they can factor that in or whatever team goals that needs to be factored into their own individual goals, uh, they have that information. Also, I had to complete a number of performance evaluations every year for my team. And so I had to do mine ahead of, you know, ahead of time, get it out of the way. So yes, yeah, so I just normally do mine ahead of time. And so I've just, you know, kept up with the, with the habit. And so my brain is very much in the 2019 headspace planning already. And so that naturally keeps me very upbeat and very forward looking and very positive about things. Also, because I'm doing my year-end evaluation and looking at the year that's just about to end and celebrating wins and seeing how far I've come with respect to my goals. Now, this does not mean that I have achieved all my goals. In fact, I will tell you that I did not achieve all my goals for 2018. This has more to do with the fact that I changed my perspective around goal setting and, and the whole process by which I approach goal setting, which I think I'm going to do a separate episode about in a, you know, in a few weeks. So I'm not going to go into that today. Suffice it to say, I'm just very pleased with the exercise at this point, right? So the second reason why I'm feeling this way is because 
we are in November, which for the US is Thanksgiving month. And so I'm naturally in that whole grateful space, thinking about all the things in my life that I'm grateful for, all the people in my life, all the circumstances that I'm grateful for, uh, both the easy circumstances and the hard, difficult circumstances. And I've talked about my difficult gratitude practice in previous um, uh, times or previous episodes. I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes. Just being in that thankful, grateful space naturally lifts the spirits up, which is another reason why I really want to do a better job with uh, having a, a more regular gratefulness practice. I don't right now. And I know that's an area that I want to work on for the new year. But anyway, so that's another reason. The other reason that I'm feeling very positive is because I am leading a bunch of folks through a challenge that I've called Plan Your Pivot in Five Days. Now, this is the first time that I am doing this challenge in this format, and I'm really liking the experience. I'm really liking what I have put together for the folks, and I'm really liking the interaction and the work that I'm seeing and the feedback that I'm getting. And so I think I'm going to do this again in January. Yeah, I think I've just made this decision live <laughs> and announced it to you live through this podcast. Yes, yeah, so I think I'm going to do another another challenge, a similar challenge, and I'm really going to dial into really the, the areas that are really holding us back from creating the careers that we want the next round. So look out for that in subsequent episodes. And once I figure it out when I'm going to run it in January, but yeah. And then the fourth reason that I'm really, really happy and upbeat and positive today as I record this episode is because I am finally going to get to share with you this conversation that I had with Beth Yarzab, my guest in this episode, who I had a fantastic conversation with a few weeks ago about strategies for moms who are looking to return to the workplace. And she is very well positioned to be talking about this because this is what she does. This is the work that she does for moms today. And she talks about all that. She talks about the things that we, you know, you ought to be considering if you are returning to the workplace, especially if you've had, if you've been away on maternity leave for an, uh, an extended period of time, which by the way, I didn't realize until I had a conversation with Beth that in Canada, the maternity leave can be up to a year, which is whoa, right? So fantastic. So yeah, so you want to listen to this episode. There's lots of things that golden nuggets that she very graciously shared. Also, you want to check out the uh, show notes for this episode because the, towards the very end, especially, we talked about a lot of stuff that you'd want to check out. She is running a resume mastermind in the end of November that you want to check out. Also, I, I believe she's running a webinar and I'll put the links to all of that in the show notes, which for this episode is secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 72. Okay, so let me not delay this anymore. Without further ado, this is my chat with Beth Yarzab. Hello, Beth. Welcome to Second Breaks. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Lou. It's great to be here. So today we're going to talk 
quite a bit about you know women and moms specifically who want to continue to work while they're being good moms and maybe some of them have taken some extended maternity leave and stuff like that but before we get there I was wondering if you won't mind if you wouldn't mind giving us a little bit of a background about yourself and the work that you do because I think you have this very interesting combination of things that you do for women. Absolutely. Thank you for asking. Yes, I have kind of a non-traditional background or non-traditional career, I guess, but I absolutely love it. And every day I work doing work that brings me so much joy. So um, a little bit about me, I have a background in human resources and executive recruitment. So I grew up early in my career learning about all different types of job functions industries, sectors, levels, how organizations were structured because I was doing recruitment and then working in corporate HR in a a larger organization, a global organization, just gave me that real additional scope of understanding of what it's like to be in the workforce from a corporate entity as well. And then I had my twins um, and they were beautiful little babies uh, that I really, really wanted. And the first year was like a complete just jarring of my system because I went from feeling really confident in my career and like I was progressing and learning and I was good at my job. Mm -hmm. And then having two infants, I really, really wanted to be a mom, but I was finding that first year to be quite challenging. Maybe because there was two, I only ever had that experience of having multiples, but I was just sort of out of my comfort zone. And I went from working full days to breastfeeding eight hours a day and like very sleep deprived and very anxious and very isolated. And I had always taught fitness through university. It was a great part-time job for a student. So I kept my fitness certifications and I, because I knew when I had kids, it might be nice to teach fitness kind of on the side and do the, do the mummy baby fitness thing. And that's exactly what I did. So after my, in Canada, we got a year long parental leave. So after I took that, my husband and I decided, you know what, it's really just getting fun for me. And to put two infants in daycare was going to be so costly that we decided, why don't I stay home and be a stay at home mom for a longer period of time. So I started ramping up this fitness stuff by teaching fitness classes to moms wherever I could do it with moms and babies or where there was childcare at the gym. So while I was doing this, yeah, like, so I could have like this really flex kind of job, bring money into our family finances, but then still be a full-time caregiver to my kids while they were becoming more fun at the sort of year stage. And they were giving, they were giving more than just taking, taking. So um, they are 12 years old now, which is crazy to believe. So, uh, you know, spent, spent about two and a half years at home with them doing the fitness thing on the side. And while I was doing that, I was meeting other mothers who were going through career transition. And so I used my experience kind of doing the recruitment and understanding what employers were looking for um, to help moms understand what their transferable skills might be and then how to write those into transferable accomplishments. Because let's face it, employers don't really care about transferable skills. They only want to know that you've accomplished something that's relevant to the job that they're hiring for. So really getting moms to understand where their value is in different job functions or different industries and how they could reinvent themselves. Because so many moms that I was meeting in these fitness classes, they were not wanting to go back to the work that they had been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted to, you know, having a baby kind of change their perspective on work and balance and, and contribution and what they wanted their mm-hmm. contribution to be. So 
I loved helping them with their resume writing, their LinkedIn optimization, interview preparation. I mean, I've done so much of that interviewing and selection process and recruiting. So I brought all that um, as well as my understanding of how organizations are built and kind of the working world, having been in corporate HR. And I just loved doing that. And one of my early kind of clients, not even a client, just a friend that I helped, she um, transitioned from um, a job in publishing, in magazine publishing, which was kind of on the outs because magazines were dying. And she wanted to do work in corporate communications in a nonprofit sphere. Uh, so we were able to help her transition her experience in publishing, being an editor at a magazine, to more nonprofit communications. And she's still continuing to do that work 10 years later in three organizations after. Um, and I just love that success story. She's the one who said to me, why don't you start a business where you're doing fitness coaching and career coaching for moms? Because it really is a turning point for so many women where they reevaluate and they, they get a little bit deeper into their purpose and understanding what it is that they want to do in the world and the impact they want to have. And their baby or their child is a huge piece of that. And they, they really want to be doing work that's meaningful. Um, so that's, that's sort of what I did. I started this business called Career Fit Mom. And we have career coaching services and, you know, helping moms through job transitions, similar to what you do with helping people through career pivots. Mm -hmm. And then also the fitness side, I have a team of fitness instructors and personal brand writers who help me with, um, you know, helping a, a broad range of moms through either a career transition um, or also on the fitness side. So we've got group fitness programs, personal training, and I even have an online component now, too, where I'm doing a lot of online coaching and um, the resume and personal brand, LinkedIn kind of stuff, as well as uh, fitness programming, online courses. So it's sort of moved from being very um, geographically located in Toronto to a mm -hmm. specific neighborhood to then moving out to being able to help more people. So I'm helping women all over North America now. And it feels really good. It's really fun. Fantastic. I love your story. I love the way that it has evolved and how you brought in all your different interests and experiences to what you're doing today. And I do want to I do want to drill into the other side, of, you know, the career fitness in a little bit. But I want to first concentrate on the other side of the business, which is helping moms get back to their work or uh, whether they have taken some time off. Did you say a year off for paternity leave, leave mm -hmm. in Canada? That's right. Yeah. Oh so parental leave is a year. We get up to a year. Uh, so we do get um, employment insurance. We, we pay into it, obviously. Right. As we are working, we have contributions that come off our, our paychecks. Uh, and then some, you know, really progressive employers top that up so that it becomes, you know, the full pay that someone or 80, 75%, 80% of the, someone's pay. Uh, I mean, Canada is quite progressive. We are very lucky to have that benefit. It's a huge social benefit. Yeah. So it gives you a full year. I think lots of women would want to move to Canada. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's awesome here. But yeah, it's awesome. I, you know, you've certainly worked with uh, women who are either trying to, uh, trying to get back to work or maybe they're trying, they've always been trying to maintain, you know, a career alongside being a, a new mom. And I'm sure that you have heard of the concerns or the worries that they have, you know, they're facing. And I was wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing with us, like, what are the common concerns or worries that moms have returning to work? Absolutely. Yes, I do work with moms who are on maternity leave, 
moms who have been stay at home for a couple of years and also moms who are working currently, but they have no capacity for a job search and they don't even know what they can do. So, mm-hmm. you know, for those of them, for those of the moms who are, have been a year or more out of the workforce, uh, I often hear that reestablishing professional credibility is the most important thing. I mean, besides the I'm leaving my child with a stranger for the first time. I'm away from my child all day. I don't know what's happening. I have a fear of missing out on their developmental milestones. Like, how am I going to manage my hectic schedule? There's so much going on. And that's sort of like the personal side. But then the professional side, a mom may feel, I often hear that they're feeling like they have foggy brain because they haven't been using their brain or their mind the same way that they did while they were in their job prior to having their baby. They might feel a lack of confidence mm-hmm. about, um, you know, just the, the work that they can do and the value they can add. And they've been out of the game for a period of time. So I always recommend, you know, three things someone can do when they're re-entering the workforce, either when they're going back to their job that they held before that the employer held for them while they were on their maternity leave or if they've completely exited the workforce and now they have to kind of reestablish that professional credibility, you want to, first of all, ask your employer, your manager, what are the most important things I should focus on and accomplish in the first six weeks back? So that's going to help you and your manager manage expectations. Like they might be like saying, oh, you should be hitting these huge milestones and they're totally not appropriate for the timeline. So you want to manage that. Uh, But it also gives you an idea of some quick wins. And when you have those quick wins in the first six weeks, you build your confidence, you feel like you're back in the game, and it demonstrates that you're a high performer to your leadership and your colleagues. So Mm -hmm. you really will integrate much more quickly. The second question to ask is, what challenges may have popped up while I was away? Mm. So not to dwell on the negative, but you if you are coming back to your job that you held prior, you do need to have a line of sight to what happened while you were gone. Even if you were gone for a shorter leave, like for my US sisters, like I think it's about six weeks is the, the, the mat leave that you might get. So even after six weeks and a lot can happen in six weeks. So what challenges popped up while I was gone and then be a real solutions person, not a, uh, you know, like a problem solving, but not really getting into the negative, into the weeds with somebody. It's You can actually add a fresh approach, a new perspective that can drive that project forward. And then you kind of get the political stuff, the nuances that you missed um, because your manager or colleague that you're asking this of can give you some inside information that you weren't privy to because you were privy to because you were away. Um, And the third question is, what uh, new initiatives or new people should I be introduced to? So knowing that, you know, someone might have come on board while you were off um, or there, you, you might just need to, you know, find out what new projects are on board so you can get involved in them. And mm-hmm. then again, reestablish that professional credibility, validate your skills, demonstrate that you're engaged, you're back there. Um, you know, and meanwhile, the back of your mind and emotionally give yourself permission to feel like, it's a transition being away from your child for the first time. So it's sort of like 
it just, sometimes women have to fake it a little bit until they make it and feel like they're back in the groove of work. But then just to be compassionate to themselves, knowing that that's, that's a very common situation that so many moms go through. I love those suggestions, Beth, because also you uh, you put yourself more um, not defensive, like, oh, God, I don't know what's happened, but more informed. I love those suggestions. So thank you so much for that. But it was funny when you mentioned you were talking about the concerns and you were talking about some moms feel like, you know, they have foggy brain because they feel like they haven't been using that part of their brains for a while. I had a one of my closest girlfriends when she had a, a baby or she had her second son basically is when she quit work right mm-hmm. there came a point where it was you know she could go back to work now because the kids are, are a little bit grown up and she was telling me how she feels like all she's she's been talking to are kids it's like do I even know how to talk to adults at right. this point because I've been talking to kids all for all this time and uh, so she kind of explained sort of kind of what you were saying there but yeah. I did notice that because I was asking her, well, I'm sure you you talk with moms also, like other moms, mm-hmm. and you know, but she's like, well, yeah, but we don't talk about work stuff. We talk about baby stuff and we talk about kid stuff. And mm-hmm. I remember seeing something on your website where you talked about how important it is or that there is, you can gain something from networking with other moms during the time that you are away from work. Would you mind talking to us a little bit about that? Are you talking about beyond just play dates? Are you talking about more strategic networking or just that, you know, networking? Yeah, with I moms? mean, it could start with the play dates for sure. It could be both the strategic networking and the play dates. And for some moms, the play dates is an easy place to start because maybe they're not comfortable networking. Not a lot of people are very comfortable putting themselves there to do professional networking. But oh my goodness, if you could make a friend who has your back when you go back to work or has uh, a whole line of knowledge and contacts that they can introduce you to as you start to get back into the workforce. That is huge. I think women make a do, do make a mistake by focusing only on their children when they're in those mummy groups. Mm-hmm. Um, they, so when we, in our fitness programs, we very often like, always talk about professional background, either what a woman does, what she did or what she wants to do. Um, so we're not just, we're not alienating anybody who's not in the paid workforce, like or unpaid workforce, right? So we're really trying to be inclusive, but because everybody has so much value to add to each other in terms of professional context. I've had clients in a fitness class um, connect and then make um, enough connection that they could refer for a job. And then that client um, received the position because she met this person in like a mummy and baby fitness class. Um, so it's, it's just getting that talking about, oh, what's your background? And like, what did you do before you had children? Or what do you want to do there? These are all your network right here. And it, it doesn't have to feel forced or awkward. It's just conversational. It's just social. And it's going a little bit beyond, oh, I'm just starting my baby on solids to, you know, yeah, what's your background? What, exactly. what, what do you what lights you up at work? What kind of things? What kind of projects do you work on? How did you get to where you are in your career? And when you find that information out, it's just nurturing that network, because you may not need it now. But maybe in two, three years, if you do want to return to work, you can have these women in your in your back in your circle. And then it exponentially goes out from there, because they all have contacts of their own that's, you know, and of course, you want to be creating career karma by 
helping your contacts. Yes. So if you have an introduction you can make, please make the introduction. If you have a lead on a job that maybe isn't for you, but it could be for somebody in this circle of mom friends that you have, amazing. Flip it to her, right? Like it comes back around a hundred times over to repay you when you do somebody else a little favor and uh, creates that kind of social capital. So it's, it starts with the play dates, but then of course, yeah, get involved in other professional um, associations, circles. Lean in is a great um, organization for women. If there's a lean in chapter in your area or there's, they have virtual programs as well. Uh, they're phenomenal. So there really is a lot of opportunities to stay fresh with your professional networking so that it does help so much when you do decide to go back to work and don't feel like, Oh, I haven't been doing any networking. You really have because you've made friends with new parents and that whole circle can be a wealth of information and, um, and help with contacts and introductions. Yeah. And I love that, you know, when you, when you suggested that when you begin to meet this other mothers in your circle, that you don't limit the conversations to what's happening with the diapers and the, you know, and the, the potty training and all that kinds of good stuff. Cause I would imagine that that would also help with obviously making friends, but also for, for your own self, um, like, because this is the I've never been a mom, so full disclosure, but I have heard this from other friends of mine or people that I've worked with who who are moms that there's a part of them who's sort of like, who am I? I've just mm -hmm. now become a mom and the part of me who was a career woman before a professional woman before or did something else before I've so, sort of like faded away and forgotten mm -hmm. and it's all just the mom or, you know, the, the, the caretaker in the family. And so I think having those conversations are great because it taps into that side of you. That's not, yes. that's, you know, it's not, you're not just a mom. You have these Absolutely. other things. This is, that's perfect. Yeah. So tied to that though, there's this other thing that I've heard, which is when you have kids, it takes up so much of their, of your time. Your, your basically your, your waking time is all about them and their needs and all that kinds of good stuff. And, um, when do you have time or when do you have the energy or the time to even focus on your own professional development? So for example, if you know that you want to eventually go back to work, if you have that intention of mm -hmm. wanting to go back to work at some point, um, <clears throat> But so you don't want to get stale, especially mm -hmm. nowadays, so many things happening, so many, you know, changes happening. So how do you uh, maintain some sort of professional development and not keep stale mm -hmm. without having to go back to school or, you know, mm -hmm. you can fit it into your caretaker mom, mom, mommy routines? Mm -hmm. Well, certainly those that networking, that social networking that you're doing just with your community of parents uh, can add a lot of information. It might trigger some knowledge that maybe you didn't have or some interest you didn't know you had. And you can go deeper with somebody because those information interviews, when it's just really a conversation, it's super casual, but you can find out about someone's background in, in an area maybe you didn't know about or a new technology that they're using or, you know, any of those, that kind of information you can gather from friends and in your network. You know, the other things I suggest to my clients is to get involved in 
volunteering, uh, whether it's at their child's daycare and preschool. You know, I have a lot of uh, clients that do, um, they work at, they help with cooperative kind of daycares where they're very involved in kind of the leadership and the guidance ah. of their, their child's daycare or preschool. And then as a result, there's also a lot of fundraising that needs to go along with that to fund the preschool. So they do, you know, big gala events or silent auctions. And so that takes a lot of networking and soliciting for fundraising and donations, etc. But it's project management. And That's so right. those big meaty projects are, are huge. There's also a lot of um, consulting uh, companies. I know there's some in Toronto, especially. I'm sure there's lots in the States where they're looking for people who can do short-term projects for nonprofits. Mm-hmm. So maybe something where it is really specific to your job function and you can um, get involved in a short-term project that's even if it's unpaid, but it would give you, again, additional confidence back in the game a little bit. Um, and hopefully it's something you could do from home while your child is napping or in preschool. And if your child is school age, then you will typically, you don't get a full work day, but you do get a bit more time to be developing these things. So the volunteer projects, especially if they can be the meaty ones, like volunteering in your child's class is great, but how can you go further on that? Where can you add more value? Can you be like put your hand up to be on the board of something? Can you put your hand up to be in charge of the, you know, something in the parent advisory committee and really steering how education is happening at your child's school or what kind of additional activities are brought into the school and and, and maybe liaisoning between teachers and parents and, and administration of the school, like really trying to be Uh, maybe more strategic in your volunteering instead of just going on the field trip with your son or daughter, but going deeper with it. Fantastic. Also, I think, especially for, like you said earlier, some uh, women, even if they wanting to go back to work, may not necessarily want to go back to their original career path and are looking to do something different, make a career pivot. My favorite subject matter to talk about. So making, wanting to make a pivot or a career change. So those volunteering uh, opportunities or experiences could lead you to a new path. So like, oh my God, I didn't even know that I was good at that or you gained mm-hmm. some new skills. So that's fantastic. And also that I would think that, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you are, I know that this is one of the things that you offer to your, you know, your clients is that um, those volunteering, even if you're not getting paid for them, but those also help explain uh you know, what have you been doing between, you know, the, the quote, quote unquote gap in the rest of right. right? So it, right. it would, I, I would think that those volunteering uh, opportunities would have explained that. But I know that this is one of the biggest sort of areas for concerns, at least for some of the women that I've talked to, uh, especially those who have been away for not just for maternity leave, but who've decided, okay, for the first couple of years of my kid's life, I want to stay home. And so there is this quote unquote gap, right? Mm-hmm. And so do you have tips for maybe, are there ways to explain the gap or is it just that there is a gap and because I was a mom, like how do we address that? Right, yes, it's definitely a tricky subject and it really depends on the job function and the sector that you work in. So you knowing your audience really helps. I think at the end of the day, transparency is key here because you'd better believe the recruiter and hiring manager are wondering. Um, so if you can explain it for them without them having to ask, I mean, they're not supposed to, you don't have, you don't have to legally divulge that you have children. You don't have to legally divulge anything personal about you on your resume or in an interview. And they certainly shouldn't be asking you in an interview if you have kids, because that could be create a negative bias perhaps. Um, so 
if you do feel like your industry, it's okay to be really transparent about that. Um, sometimes in the summary section of someone's resume, we'll write, you know, uh, on a secondment, uh, or a professional development secondment. Like there's different ways that you can kind of sort of play around and spin the language so that it, it shows that, you know, I took, took time off to volunteer as well as be involved in my family, or I worked uh, full-time as a caregiver to my young family, and I'm now ready to re-enter the workforce and add a lot of value to the organization. I mean, you really don't have to say that you have a family, but some people do because they just want to answer the question that right. they are asking when they read and they go, what, there's three years, like, what have you been doing for three years? Like, really, it's none of your business, but I'm not stale because I've been involved in these, you know, high profile volunteer projects that are, you know, involved, involve so much project management, relationship management, timelines, you know, we hit big numbers with our contributions, like finding those ways to quantify those accomplishments. You can take that volunteer experience and move it to the top of your resume if um, that helps, or you can just explain the gap in that one last line of your summary statement at the, t the top and then really you know, you have the volunteer experience more at the bottom of your resume. And so your professional experience is at the top. If that's going to be more relevant, like really think about for this job, is it going to be important to them that I had this volunteer experience? Or is it just sort of like a side benefit that it, I'm going to put it at the end under volunteer experience because it's a nice to know and it does add value, but is it specifically related to the job that I'm applying for? And if it's not, then stick with your professional experience that is directly related because you want to use that front page, that first page of the resume. It's very important, valuable real estate. And that's where the eyes go first and they may not get to the second page, third page of your resume. So you want to make sure that that top stuff is really crucial and directly related to the job that you're applying for going out for. So you're, there's really different scenarios, Lou, for all different types of jobs and different mm -hmm. types of organizations. Um, there are more companies now that offer returnships. So, so these are like internships, right? But for people who are returning to work after a gap and in work in work history, and it could, it's not just parents. It's also people who have to take time off to look after a, a, a parent who is not doing well, whose their health is in trouble. So they have to take time off to deal with that. Or maybe they've had their own illness. I've had clients have had cancer and have to take time off of work. And then they're trying to return and they don't want to get into it on their resume that they had cancer and survived. Like, that's not a, nobody's business and it's not relevant. The, tr right. the relevant truth of it is, is that they can, they have the experience and skills for the job. So it's just trying to be, you know, positioning it the right way, depending on your specific situation, which is so custom to every single person. But hopefully those tips give people something, a little bit of inspiration of how they might want to market themselves on their resume so that it makes sense for the job that they're going out after. Right. right. You said something there. I just wanted to, uh, I got curious because I, I don't have an HR background. Um, I have interviewed people before when I was in my corporate job for like when they were applying for a position. Uh, but um and there's always an HR professional who's guiding me for like questions you're not supposed to ask. But so when there is a gap in a resume, you said like there is a fine line between what an an interviewer can ask or not, right? So I guess if you if you see a gap, you can ask. Can you ask why the gap? You can't ask whether they have kids. Right? No, you can't that, ask whether they have kids, but you could certainly, you know, what have you been up to in these last? I noticed your last 
employment on your resume is 2016. So what have you been up to since then? There you and go. whether they whether they decide to tell you that they have kids or not, then that's up to the candidates. Um, but they certainly don't have to. They could just say, you know, I took a secondment. I was doing some personal development, professional development, and uh, I'm I'm very engaged um, to come back to the workforce at this point. But yeah, cert- sometimes a candidate might divulge about a family or a health crisis, or and I, I think it they just don't sort have of. To. Yeah, they don't have to, but it certainly personalizes it. It really depends, again, on your situation. And you don't still want to create a negative bias uh, or discrimination. And certainly the employer doesn't want to go there either. So um, they don't want to ask, but they want to know. So it's this tricky right, exactly. right, situation. Right. right. <laughs> so you, you, you gave some tips on, on the resume, but is that... So on your LinkedIn profile, and I, I do want to just say now to to the folks who are listening to this uh, interview, I am going to have Beth back because right. we are going to have to dig into resumes and LinkedIn and another discussion because that's a whole meaty subject matter. But um, again, just uh, very quickly. So on the LinkedIn, though, um, you we just leave it blank. Or I guess you could also include your volunteer experiences during that time on the LinkedIn so you have that opportunity yeah you could put it under volunteer and interests uh, on linkedin or you could create an experience section with that vault like it's a big project you could create an experience section with that position and set it up like a position in your employment history and then it looks like you do have that um, more relevant experience. It just really depends, again, on how you want to position yourself and who's your audience. What do they want to know about you? What's going to be important to them? Um, and, and you have to be proud of what you've done and, and yeah. feel confident in putting it out there, right? Absolutely. I like that. I know that you've mentioned earlier that you now, in addition to coaching women who are returning to work, and uh, and you also now do help them with uh, the resume, building the resume or rebuilding the resume and maybe LinkedIn. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. I mean, I love resumes, cover letters, LinkedIn. I study these things. I, I love it. It's a certain kind of writing. I mean, I had a client this morning and she's she's got her editorial background. She's got a publishing background. But to for her to write her own resume is so difficult. Yeah, it's hard to write about yourself and it's also hard to... Um, you know, write in the, the, the right, concise, accomplishment-based bullets. I mean, really, when you read a job posting, there's all sorts of, I mean, we can get into the weeds of it when we have our next discussion, but it's knowing what keywords are going to rank you well in the applicant tracking systems in the back end. And of course, all the ATS are different. So you, it's like mm. a crazy, weird art and science of resume building. But then it also needs to be compelling to the human eyes. Because I had another client in project management um, great, great experience. However, she just took her keywords from the job postings she was seeing and just placed them in her resume and said, and said she did them, but didn't give any, um, accomplishments to demonstrate that she had that skill or experience. So it was just words for words. It didn't give any meat to the actual experiences that she had. So you really have to go deep with sort of writing out your career story, mm. which is going to serve you with your resume, your LinkedIn, your networking and your interview prep. So I, I really uh, recommend that people take some time um, when they are in transition or even better once a year when they've had their performance review to kind of capture those career stories. And then you have them in a, maybe your own personal file someplace where you can draw upon them when it's time. Exactly. I totally agree because you forget Mm-hmm. You forget those things. So, are you? How do you work with women around this uh, around this area? So, I do custom 
um, resume writing. Um, I do coaching. So actually it's a skill that someone needs to develop because they're not necessarily going to be able to have one resume and use it for the rest of their career. They might change jobs again. Actually, likely they will. So they, t- I work with women on a coaching way and I edit and, and hold their hand through writing every single bullet because I love doing that. Most people don't. And it's something that's a real strength of mine. So I, I sh- help them develop their own skill and passion in that area, either through the one-on-one coaching, but I also offer online courses where we create kind of a resume mastermind, if you will. And that's the name of my online course. Yeah. So I have another one coming up at the end of November, um, where we're going to have four weeks, um, an hour long call. I go through a lesson, but I also pair up, um, the people in the group and partners. So they have an accountability partner who's also going to be another set of eyes on their resume. And that does so much. It's giving somebody an additional contact, um, some support, confidence building, and then a second set of eyes on their career story in their resume format so that they really um, make sure that someone else who's reading it understands it. Because you better believe like the recruiters who are recruiting you, they may not really understand the nuances of the position they're recruiting for. They just don't have the the time to spend on understanding, um, especially if it's a more technical position. They're just, they're trying to find those keywords, but they may not really get it. So you want to be able to explain to a recruiter through your resume who may not have that background or from your job function and having an accountability partner in a course like this makes sure that you go oh, through that exercise. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. yeah so it's, when is that? So we're starting at the end of November, 2018. It's an online course. And if someone is interested, then they certainly can go to careerfitmom.ca slash career. And you're going to see all about that course there. It's called Resume Mastermind. Gotcha. And I'm definitely going to put that on the show notes. Um, and it is obviously not just for, this is online, so you don't have to be in Canada to no. do this. Yeah, you can be anywhere. Uh, you have to just show up um, or watch the recordings of the uh, weekly four weeks. We do uh, one call um, with a lesson. And of course, I provide all the templates that they could use for their resume. Also is included in this course, a custom coaching call. So I really understand, okay, Lou, like what kind of position are you going after? What's your professional background? Okay, well, here's the template I'd recommend. I'm going to send it to you in a word format, start to fill in your basic information, and then we'll get, so it also includes some one-on-one time with me so I can understand and guide you personally, which is really fun for me. That is fantastic. Um, So now, if you don't mind, I want to switch gears for a little bit, because there is, there is this other side of you that I'm so curious about. Could you talk a little bit about the career fitness side? Like, first of all, I love, I love your, your, the name of your business, the name of your, your website, because it is, it is a double play on the word fitness, right? Because there Mm -hmm. is the fitness, like physical fitness, but there are all this, there's also the professional fitness Mm -hmm. part that you, you work with. Um, so could you talk a little bit about how, how are you balancing these two sides of you and how are you, you know, how are you doing this? I know. So, I, I mean, I really have these interests in career development and fitness, which are both tied to confidence building in women. So that's what both really do. Yes. And you need to have kind of fitness in your career. You feel like you're, you're progressing, you're, you're contributing, you're 
compensation wise, you're on track, right? Like really aligned with your values, that kind of fitness and well-being around your career. And it's mm-hmm. so, as you know, a huge part of someone's identity. So that's the kind of fitness in the career world. But then the physical fitness, yes, I do. Uh, we have group fitness classes. We work with um, uh, moms in personal training contexts, in-home personal training. And then we do offer, you know, things like online uh, videos, fitness videos, etc., which people can access through careerfitmom.ca slash fitness. Uh, the fitness and the career development, it's again, it's bringing those two pieces together to build confidence because when you're feeling good in your body, you present yourself better. You just have that sort of strength within you mm-hmm. and it comes across when you're interviewing or networking and you'll, you know, when a lot of other things in your life are feeling out of control, you can control, you can say, well, I did get my workout in today. I was able to at least have that time for myself and work towards my own health. And then especially with our group classes, it's very social. And so we, because I feel like people are becoming more and more isolated. We want to, you know, bring, we have a a Facebook group for our uh, fitness participants. So we have sort of an online forum for people where we're sharing healthy recipes and snack ideas and at home workouts and, Oh, we're all going to go do this 10 K run event. Who's in and just, just fun things like that, that are happening in our community. Uh, So if, feels really fun to build that kind of community through fitness yes. in our classes and our, our whole philosophy with career fit mom is we don't focus on um, losing weight or a certain size or getting into skinny jeans or bikini ready. That's not mm. what we're, we're about. We're talking about developing strength, resilience, perseverance, confidence, yes, yeah. confidence yeah. Um, the, the energy to do what you need to do as a mom and thrive as a career person, as a contributor to your community, as a family person. Uh, these are all, you know, there's so many elements of each and every person. And when you are, you know, contributing to your well-being by being physically active and engaging in a more of a social community, then things start to really line up for you. And um, that's what we're all about with our Career Fit Mom Fitness Oh my goodness, how fantastic. Mm -hmm. I am not a mom and I want to join. You can. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, you've mentioned your website there. So I definitely will put a link on the show notes, but where else can we find you online? So are you active? You mentioned Facebook. Are you, is that where you're most active in or Instagram or where else can we find yeah, you? Yeah, so I have um, a Career Fit Mom Facebook page, also a Career Fit Mom Instagram and account, and I also have a podcast. So I'm not as um, established as you, Lou. I'm learning, you know, by being a guest on your podcast, and you're so good at interviewing and <laughs> bringing the conversation and weaving it through and collecting all the the important points. Uh, so I have a podcast too, but. Uh, just a few episodes. I'm just about 17 or 18 episodes in right now. And it's the Career Fit Mom podcast that you can find on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, etc. So I would love if people could check out. I talk about fitness topics, uh, career development topics, and also personal growth. So I love positive psychology. I study that. I'm really into mindset because I know when we what we, you know, we think and contributes to our feelings, which contributes to our behaviors. So when we really are able to um, think more clearly about our decisions and our thoughts and how that influences every other part of our life, then uh, everything else is just 
you're able to live that flourishing vitality kind of life. Oh, that sounds so good. I am going to, again, I'm not a mom, but I'm adding that to my podcast list of player lists. So that is fantastic. And I will definitely add link, a link to the podcast as well on the show notes. Well, Beth, this has been so fantastic. I love this conversation. Also, thank you so much for sharing all the, you know, your insights and your experience. I so appreciate it. You were so generous. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. You're so enthusiastic and I just love your energy. Good, good. And you'll be back. All right. Well, there you have it, my friend. I hope you found this episode useful and you can get the show notes and the links to everything that we talked about when you go to the show notes, which you will find at secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 72. If you have any thoughts about this episode or any of the topics that we talk about here on the Second Breaks podcast, I would love to hear from you. You can send me an email, lou at secondbreaks.com, or you can direct message me on Instagram, which is where I hang out a lot these days at Second Breaks is where you will find me on on Instagram. Also, if you enjoy this episode or if you enjoy this podcast in general, I would be so grateful if you would leave me a rating and review on iTunes. This will help me tremendously in reaching the folks who could benefit the most from the podcast and from the topics that we talk about here. If you're not sure about how to do a review, you can go to secondbreaks.com forward slash review and that link will give you the step-by-step. This is a good time to hit that subscribe button, my friend. If you are not subscribed yet, which by the way, why aren't you subscribed? But really, this is a good time for you to hit that subscribe button because I don't want you to miss any of the future episodes. Every Thursday, there is a new episode that drops here on the Second Breaks podcast. And I'm always bringing you guests who can help you with your career move. We're always talking about topics that can help you pursue that career that you so want and you so deserve, right? So hit that subscribe button and I will see you again next week. That is a wrap, my friends. Thank you so much for listening and for allowing me to be a part of your week. I cannot wait to chat with you again next week. Until then, keep on making your dent, my friend.